Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. I'm Laura Bowen, Executive Director for USTA Florida, and I'm very excited today that we have a returning guest to our podcast, our very own board member, Phil Girardi, who is USTA Florida's current president-elect. Welcome back to the podcast, Phil. Great to be here. Always great to have you. Last time you were with us, you were talking about college tennis. And today we're going to shift gears and we're actually going to talk a little bit about leadership and our Leadership Academy, which actually is your Leadership Academy um, as you look ahead to the future in 2022 and 2023. So, my first question for you, I hope is an easy one. Can you tell us how you first got involved with the USTA Florida section and what path did you take to get on the USTA Florida board? Okay. Well, when I started, it was a little different from now, um, but I started out in the late 90s, aging myself now. Um, and I would volunteer locally here in, uh, you know, the Tampa St. Pete area. And I did a lot of work with the Suncoast Tennis Foundation and Sue Long and uh, Peter, Nor uh, Peter, I can't remember Peter's last name, but anyway, and Nancy Morgan, Nancy Morgan was, okay. uh, yeah. uh, then becoming president elect mm -hmm. also. So see this full cycle of USTA Florida. And then um, uh, I had done work locally in that. So Nancy had asked if I would become district director for District 12 when we were broken up into those districts. And uh, so that I kind of got thrown in a little bit, you know, into the deep end of the pool because uh, I hadn't done much locally with USTA Florida, mostly been with Suncoast Dennis Foundation. Okay. So... I kind of got, um, I kind of jumped in there uh, as district director and um, got in with a great group of guys, district directors. A lot of them became presidents, um, you know, Don Davis and, uh, mm. uh, you know, Jorge Andrew was a district director at the time. And a lot of those guys took the wings to just kind of, you know, fill me in what USTA Florida did. Um, I, of course, I had to learn all the programs because I was going around the area to clubs and, and telling that but you know my upbringing was more through the meetings at uh, the annual meeting um and through semi-annual meeting meetings and where i got to meet everybody but at that point you know we were really a volunteer driven organization there was a lot less employees and mm -hmm. and and there were a number of great you know, volunteers that took me under their wing. And so if I ever had a question, I had some mentors that would help me out. Um, and so it was a little bit of a, uh, a different process than what we're doing now. But, you know, I always relied on those people that had the experience to give me help at the time. And now it's kind of reversed. I've kind of got the experience and, uh, and we're working from the other end now. Well, and your area has kind of been a hotbed for leadership, which is really interesting to me because we have our uh, past president, Clark Higgs, our current president, Dana Andrews, and you who are all from the same 
general area of that sort of Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area. So something must be in the water over there. Maybe it was those past presidents from that area that did a really good job recruiting back in the day. And, you know, glad to see you guys sort of stepping it up and recruiting the next generation, which is what we want. Well, and that's good. And, and there's been presidents from all over, but, you know, but, you know, from being from Tampa Bay, this is Champa Bay, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And all that. So this is the best area to be in in Florida. Uh, we, I'll raise a few We expect nothing else you, you from Champa Bay. That's right. They do have the bragging rights um, there. You talked a little bit about the past presidents who mentored you. And actually, um, you were recently sharing the story about meeting Bobby Curtis and how, you know, when you came to your first annual meeting, he sort of you know, kind of opened the door to you. And so I wanted my next question for you is really how important was it for you in your journey to have mentors along the way? And who were some of the most impactful ones that you had? Oh, my goodness. Um, I can tell you when I first started, um, you know, it, it was and now you mentioned Bobby, you know, Bobby was one of those guys. He was just so welcoming, mm-hmm. you know his personality and some of the personalities, you know, uh, at the annual meetings, it's intimidating when you first come in, especially when you're going into a group of people where, you know, like I said, it's the who's who of, of tennis right. in Florida, you know, and, and being, you know, a newbie with all the insiders, you know, in there, it can, it can be a bit intimidating. And so, yeah, I, having Lynn Salas. Lynn Salas was my savior, still is my savior at times. Because <laughs> I always ask, you know, Lynn, what what am I doing or <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Yeah, what she she tells us all where where to go, where to be, and what to do. She's she's our savior on that every all day, every day. Lynn is so Lynn did, of course. Nancy Morgan uh, soothed mm-hmm. along, and uh, uh, you know, being from this area. Uh, really helped out a lot, and I knew my thought just being with Suncoast Dennis Foundation because they would keep us updated on what the section was doing. But you know, Jorge Andrew was a great one for me. Um, mm-hmm. He was when he was in Florida. I, there were times when I worried about how I was going to juggle everything from being a director of tennis to being, a, you know, a parent to being, um, you know, then a good, I started coaching more. And then still trying to get my USTA work in, you know, and how to how to juggle it all. And and Jorge was really good with me. Um, it, just a few times you sit down, you know, Bob Fender is just is one. Robert Hollis is another. You know, we're talking about some some great guys. Don Davis, who's the most organized man I know. <laughs> he is. You know, when he was president, it, it's like there's it a lot of great people in front of me that. Um, that you were able to pick up tips from and get some really good advice from, you know, when you are having to, um, you know, be a chair of a committee or a task force or something like that, you know, again, intimidating to start because you're, you're dealing with people that have been around for a long time and now you're trying to herd them together and, just picking up the, the tips from everybody on, on how to put everybody together as a team and get them going in the same direction, you know, was, was great. Um, you know, and, and 
everybody. I, I can say that USDA Flora has always been a very open group. You know, Doug, Andy, you know, everybody in the office. Anytime there's any questions, you know, it's always been there. So, um, and, and I, I know we're going to continue that in the future. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think a lot of times people think of like our leadership academy, and they think um, they might think, "Oh, I'm going to learn about programs, or I'm going to learn about tennis." And what you just articulated, the things that your mentors did for you, was sort of where we went with the leadership academy. That we're not really we're really open. It's about leadership skills and balancing. And, um, you know, you have, we have so much tennis DNA and, and a lot of great leaders like yourself and others who are really familiar with the program. So what we're really looking for is those people who have different DNA, different ideas and being open to say, Hey, let's get a different perspective in here. And what we'll do is we'll give you sort of the tools and resources to help manage whatever role you're playing whether that's in the industry or in USTA Florida. So I wanted to, that kind of leads me to my last, my second question or my third question, which is we did the Leadership Academy, the very first one a couple of years ago, and you played a key role in that for us. You were a mentor. All of our board members serve as mentors to the Leadership Academy. And I wanted to ask you what you liked most about that experience, having gone through it for the first term. Well, it, it was a great experience just, I mean, for me to be able to see, you know, especially the young and new volunteers and, and meet the new faces and, and listen to their ideas because um, we don't always have the answers, you know. So the exchange of ideas there with a lot of fresh faces was, was I think, was my favorite part. You know, uh, being able to be a mentor and talk to a number of, uh, you know, up and coming people was also, you know, that's a great experience, too, because, you know, I don't have any problems talking and, you know, and they didn't have any problems listening. So <laughs> it was a great conversation back and forth. As a matter of fact, uh, it was Greg Childers, who was one of my mentees, actually was out to a, First time to one of my tennis clinics this morning. Oh, nice. He's kept in touch and uh, he just moved up to this area to uh, he's going to Stetson Law School. And um, so he popped in this morning and it was nice having a nice talk with him again. Um, but, it, you know, it's that close and it's that, you know, and, and some of the best parts were not when we were all in the classroom, you might say. Mm -hmm. But it was when there was lunch and when there was yeah. open time outside right. where you got to meet, you know, really meet them and get to know a little better. So, yeah. uh, and I thought, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, unfortunately due to COVID, we couldn't have sort of that second in-person go around, but I've heard that un almost universally from everyone who attended the kickoff and the launch in the fall of 2019 was that the best part about it was having these opportunities where everybody was just sort of sitting in a room at a table and the energy in there was so palpable it was like there wasn't there wasn't quiet and if you've been to any of our meetings we're not a quiet group we're a group of talkers you know <laughs> and to see you know the the sharing of information and that people who were new to the organization got to to talk and have that free exchange. I've heard that almost universally that that was, you know, the highlight of what we 
were able to accomplish. Right. And it was, it was nice. Uh, Chuck Gill and I did the one presentation and, and um, it was on setting goals and mm-hmm. it was nice to hear, you know, we talked to them, but at the same time they were giving us stuff right? at the same time. And I was like, Oh, I need to take some notes. Presenting. <laughs> <laughs> So, I love that it was a great idea exchange, you know, and I, I think that's what we're trying hard to kind of see, you know, obviously we're in sort of a new world now with the virtual space. So how do we create more of even those opportunities in the virtual space to have it be more free flowing and more like an idea exchange? So hopefully we can accomplish that piece. Um, I want to touch on uh, diversity for a minute. We have talked a lot recently. In fact, when we started the Leadership Academy uh, initially, one of the reasons we started it was we felt like we hadn't done a great job of reaching out to new volunteers and getting new ideas, whether it be from younger volunteers or people in other industries or just maybe people we had lost touch with. Um, When you think about diversity and seeking out different leaders, what types of perspectives and people do you think that we need more of in our organization? Well, uh, go out and look at a tournament. Mm-hmm. And go out, and even, even looking at some of the league sectionals and look at the, the diverse people that are in there. Um, not all players are, you know, are club players or not all players are, you know, five O's and, and, and great players. There's a number of people out there that are playing tennis and the bulk of people out there playing tennis that are more on a recreational level, um, you know, that are underneath that, that elite tier. So it's nice. It's good to get from all sections and from all neighborhoods, you know, and from all backgrounds. Again, go look at a tournament and, you know, go watch college matches, go watch whatever, you know, the players out there are diverse, you know, and to hear from all points of, you know, everybody's perspective on an issue is always a great idea because when you think that, oh, you know, I'm kind of where I am in tennis, um, you know, it's not that way everywhere, you know, and, and, and the population centers around the cities in the state are much different than the rural areas as well. So, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of tennis being played out there uh, in a lot of different languages, and a lot of different, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, you might say. Right. So we need to get that. We need to get that input from from all. So yeah. I think that's a great perspective. And I I love, you know, when people talk about Florida who don't live here, they do often see us as sort of like a a one thing, you know, we have, oh, people retire there. You have a bunch of seniors, you know, they, the diversity um, in Florida, even, you know, in the major cities, Miami's not Tampa, not Orlando, Jacksonville, they're all different, Tallahassee. Um, and the rural areas are also very different. We, we're not a monolith. And we, we really want to say, how many voices can we get at the table? How many perspectives can we get at the table? And sometimes just sitting back and listening to those different perspectives gives us the ability to say, okay, this is how we serve our customers going forward. So um, 
I love that. Just saying, hey, we we need everybody and we need to mirror who we're serving. Um, so right. I think that's awesome. Right. And, and, you know, and also, I mean, the, the communication and the communication open from all over the state is great as well. We need, you know, we can go out and look as much as we want, but it's, it's going to be great to, to hear from everybody because we want to be able to serve all of tennis in Florida, right. not just not, you know, not just a certain population, not just, certain, uh, there's no certain criteria. Mm-hmm. So, and you can see that in some of our latest programming and, Yeah, you know, I'm happy to see we have, um, you know, the last time we did the Volunteer Leadership Academy, we ended up having people come in who did not plan our programs. They might be, you know, hey, I work in insurance or I'm on, you know, the corporate side. And but based on what I do and my observations, here are some ideas. And then now they kind of come in and they get in bitten by the tennis bug. And one of our Leadership Academy volunteers is on our leaks committee and she was out there helping to run our league sectional championships, you know, a few weekends ago. And like, there really is a space for everybody and um, you don't have to have a background or a certain type of experience. We, we really want everybody and anybody that we can get. Definitely true. Definitely true. I mean, um, (laughs) you know, we're looking for lawyers, you know. <laughs> yes, we, we love lawyers. We get a we we have a lot of challenges and problems to solve. That lawyers are very good at doing that. <laughs> you know, on and you know, Adam's not going to be around forever, you know. But and then on the other side, you know, you've got down to you know school teachers and yeah. and and just volunteers out on the courts, the ones that are helping get these you know other kids started. Um, you know, in the grassroots programs, you need, we do need it all because we, we, we serve it all. So. That's right. And I love that about our organization is we do have every part of the industry ecosystem really represented. And it's one of the things I really appreciate about Florida and our board is that you guys really wear a number of different hats. And so I think you're probably one of the most well-rounded boards likely in the industry because you're not all one thing, you know, people running, public parks, people with private club backgrounds. We have lawyers, we have players, you know, people that just love to play. We have officials, we have, we have a lot of different things. And I think our committees also have a lot of different things on them. And, you know, whenever we have something we're wrestling with or a project that comes up, we feel like we've, we've got a good base to, to draw from. We just want to make it even better. Right. Definitely. So, you know, it's a very interesting time for tennis. We had this uh, crazy pandemic, which we're now, I think, in wave two here in Florida, unfortunately. But we we had these plans, you know, set out for 2020, 2021. And I think we've done a a fair job of kind of pursuing growth opportunities and really uh, navigating the current environment. But I'm going to ask you a tough question, which is to look even further out when you start looking at 2022, 23, 24, and just overall vision of tennis in Florida. What opportunities do you see um, that are critical to our future success? Well, one, I think, um, and you know, for me, I would love to see the growth of junior team tennis again in Florida. It was once a, um, you know, uh, a staple um, for Florida. I think uh, 
I think we've done a good job at, at bringing younger kids and, and that base of kids up. I think we still have a ways to go. Uh, you know, you're always looking for those next players, but, but I mean, kind of going on that, if, if you can teach a kid, you know, all the way through to play tennis, they have a sport of a lifetime. And I think the pandemic showed us, you know, where we have 4 million new tennis players out there because we were the pandemic sport. Um, so, you know, I don't, I think you want your kids to play, you want them to play, but they don't have to become superstars. You know, if they can play, they'll have a sport of a lifetime. And then on top of that, you've got a lot of adults that are just entering the sport as well. I know that at my public center. So how are we going to serve them? So let's assume that we can keep a lot of them through 2021 and into 2022. Now we're going to need, um, you know, they need opportunities to play. They need good, you know, park space. I think making sure that the public parks stay um, uh, vibrant and open and we're even talking maybe expansion, you know, because more public, more, more tennis being played in public courts than in private courts now. So I think that's going to be a necessity, you know, uh, as far as, as where, you know, where are we going to put these volunteers? Where are they going to be, you know, the best place to go? So, I mean, we're going to have our challenges, although the sport is taking a nice uptick. Um, you know, the other thing is, is everybody's lifestyle has changed. So um, we're going to have to really listen to people who are playing tennis, you know, maybe, you know, leagues and tournaments and that they might have to be adjusted and changed. They're already doing that. Um, so we're going to need some good, talented folks that can can work on the ground and help with that. Um, you know, uh, I just really want to I, I think we're what we're doing, you know, as far as volunteer coaches and this coaching mentoring program that we might be coming out with, um, you know, who are, who are our next grassroots coaches? I I think it should be parents a lot too. Someone's going to have to show parents what to do with their kids on the board. Um, so I, you know, it's very, the vision looks good, you know, um, getting all the help to, to, to do the vision isn't, is something else now. And and that's where I think that grassroots level of volunteer is going to have to come back. And I think that's what we should really, you know, focusing on, uh, is, is the leadership, but we also need the leaders that are going to help with the grassroots volunteers. Yeah. I think that's a great point that you just emphasized is, You know, sometimes when people think of leadership, they do think of the board and they think of committees necessarily. But we've we've really tried to pivot and expand those opportunities to say we have projects like the one you just referenced, sort of the the volunteer parent coach type of project that we're working on to say, hey, there's there's a space here that we really need people to enter. And we have a lot of resources that we can help people enter that space and really work with them. And what does that look like? And have some people who are actually in that space help us shape it would be amazing. And just having, 
I, I think Pickleball does a really good job with activating their ambassadors locally. And, you know, how do we create sort of this these volunteer ambassadors that are out there that are attending city council meetings and saying we need more tennis courts. Our tennis courts need to be repaired because we're the most popular option you have out here right now. And I think that um, that's part of what we're looking for in leaders is people who can go back to their communities and really activate and be that motivator that um, a lot of you all have been uh, for many, many years. And um, I think that we have a really good vision for 23-24 and where we're heading. Um, and we've put a good foundation in there with JTT. You know, People always say, bring Lakeland back. And that's where I'm from. So I would like nothing more than to see Lakeland, um, you know, see that be known as like, we're going to Lakeland. Like, that's what we really want to do. And it was nice to see the demand this year. This for the first time, we weren't begging people to run JTT. They were calling us and saying, can you do JTT in my area? Like, I want to send my kids to something. And that hasn't happened in the 10 years that I've been here. And to hear that and to say, yeah, we'll put some additional resources to that. We have additional areas we're expanding into, I think is a really, um, it just bodes well for the future. And I, you know, I do appreciate your vision because you've, you've definitely been a very strong voice on the need for JTT for many years now. And it's, it's much needed. So thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. And, you know, I want to see that back, you know, and that's just, I mean, that's kind of the start. The JTT feeds high school, you know, high school. Everything. Yep. You need better high school coaches. You know, we need better, um, you know, we need the, 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 the good tournaments around the state. Because I think if, if again, with the expansion of, of more juniors playing, I think, you know, more entry-level tournaments. And if we get those going, that you know, we'll start seeing that tournament system uh, supported again. Yeah. So there's going to be need for good tournament directors. There's going to be need for, you know, good JTT captains, good high school captains, good adult league captains. Yes. Well, they're rare now. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if you, you know this, and I know this from captaining in other sports, that it sometimes can feel very much like a thankless job. And we appreciate those people so much who are willing to step in and it can be like herding cats. And, um, you know, we're, we're here to try to serve you and provide more resources and opportunities. So like you said, we'd love to have more people. There are so many ways to get involved. Um, it's just a question of what do you want to do and uh, we'll help you kind of get there. So uh, yes, captains, volunteers, like uh, we need everything, basically everything. We've grown a lot. We need a lot of, lot of humans to kind of help us keep growing. That's true. Is there anything else you'd like to kind of share with the audience before we wrap up today? Well, um, I'd just say, you know, for myself again, 20 years ago, uh, 20 some odd years ago, I never thought I'd be in this position, you know, in the sport. Um, you never know, you know, if you give it, we have a great organization. We've had a great organization. Um, you can just, you see it every time there's meetings. Um, there are the naysayers out there because, you know, you can't always be everything to everyone. But I think the heart of USTA Florida has always been to really 
help grow Florida, tennis in Florida. I mean, that's what we do. And like I said, I never, ever in my life thought that 20 years ago when I was, you know, I'd been coaching for a shorter time, um, ever thought that I'd be into this position now, you know? So what I'm saying is we're kind of looking for those next, uh, the next generation Mm -hmm. of volunteers that are going to come up and that really truly love the sport. And, you know, once, you know, once Lynn Salas gets a hold of you, that's it. (laughs) That's right. You're, you're in, you're hooked. No, I'm joking. (laughs) It, you know, my path has been so much fun and, um, you know, there's never been a shortage of things to do. Um, but you know, there's, there's that one person looking at this now that, you know, that is in the tennis industry now that, you know, maybe just likes to play that really wants to try to get involved and that's going to catch on and, and, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, they'll be sitting here doing the same thing. You know, I say that to the staff all the time and, you know, it's, it's, not us who's going to be shaping the future of this industry. It's it's the staff who've been with us three, four or five years. Same thing for the volunteers. Like they're charting the course for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And, um, you know, I think you've you and the board have just done an outstanding job of really being open and identifying, you know, hey, how can we bring more people into the organization? And I think that's just really, it's really wonderful. It's inspirational to us. So thank you for doing that and for, you know, just being an all around fun, fun guy and a fun group of people. And we're really looking forward to having, having you kind of continue to build on, you know, the foundation that we've tried to lay over the last few years. So thank you very much for all of your time and energy. And thank you, Laura, for everything you've done. For those of you who are listening to the audio only version of this podcast, uh, make your way over to USTA Florida's Facebook page or Instagram, where you can leave your questions and comments for Phil or for me. If you want to find out more information on USTA Florida's Leadership Academy or apply, you can find that at USTAFlorida.com slash Leadership Academy. And of course, for all episodes of the Here to Serve podcast, including topics and dates, visit USTAflorida.com slash here to serve. Thanks for tuning in and have an awesome day.